This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Okay, that's uh, that's not good. It's not fun either. It was a Raptors loss by one point at home to the Sacramento Kings, the good Sacramento Kings for what it's worth, but 124 to 123, they lose in what was a phenomenal performance from uh, Fred Van Vliet and Scotty Barnes in particular, I think. Uh, this is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and this is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And hey, the great thing about Goldfinger Law, you only pay if you win. So shout out to them and you can reach them at 416-730-1777. And this game, uh, the Raptors three-game losing streak now is not so much a comedy of errors, but a comedy of hitting the wall on what you are not good at with some errors mixed in. Because there are things that the Raptors can do better that they haven't been doing very well. There are things that have been missing from game to game that they seem to have fixed, things that pop up and they become better, that kind of stuff. But amidst all that, their point of attack defense has been bad and their three-point shooting has been bad. When you don't do either of those things, I think it's very tough to win in the NBA. And in fact, I may know that. And I suppose the Raptors, probably every team in the league knows that at this point. On top of that, uh, the Kings figured that out after the first quarter. I think they scored 23 in the first quarter. In that first half, the Raptors, it seemed like, had a really good beat on how to guard Sabonis. And a big part of that was that the ball went into Sabonis early, maybe from 18 feet away sometimes, high post, 45 extended, 45, whatever, right? And the cool thing about that is that the Raptors are very good at throwing help a lot of different ways to confuse big men, even the best passing big men in the NBA. Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets, for example, usually get a lot of turnovers when they play the Raptors. And the best, I guess, antidote for them is for Jokic to score the ball and uh, to kind of outweigh some of the doubles. But what the Raptors had happened to them was in this game, they had the Sabonis matchup under control. And so what Sacramento stopped doing was initiating with Sabonis a lot of the time. And what they did instead was have him set screens and utilize their guys like Malik Monk and their guys like De'Aaron Fox. And because the Raptors' point of attack defense was poor, they started getting downhill. Then you could use Sabonis as the rolling outlet. You could use the pass out to the corners for threes. The, the Kings hit 17 threes in this game. That was where they lost this game. And the fact that they once again hit no threes. Uh, they lose the three-point battle by 33 points in this one. They didn't take that many. They scored 68 points in the paint. They had 27 free throws. Fred Van Vliet took 25 shot attempts in this one, got to the line 11 times, hit 11 free throws. Scotty Barnes was quite big on the interior as well. Pascal Siakam 
had the potential for like 30 points in this game. Had five, six shots, touch every part of the rim, bounce out. His shot diet, that's going to pop up every once in a while, but unfortunate. (laughs) The point of attack defense, though, that's what seems like it's going to stick around. And that's what seems like it's a problem for this team. There are some things you can do to combat poor point of attack defense. You can, on the screen and roll, start to play coverages that try and hedge against that. And that's not necessarily hedge defense, like hedge and recover, but you switch more at the point of attack. Um, You can do different types of switching. I asked Fred after the game if he feels more comfortable or if the team feels more comfortable in some of those peel switch or nexting situations. And he didn't really answer that. He said, this is the same way that Scotty, I asked him like, hey, you've been going, because every player always says, I have to go over the film. When the team has now lost their third game in a row and point of attack defense is still something that's showing up. If they say they've been going over the film, you get to ask them, well, what did you see last game? Because these things are carrying over. And Scotty echoed the sentiments that a lot of people are noticing as well. The point of attack defense, they can't stop guys. Now, is this a Vision 6-9 thing? <sighs> Perhaps. It's very hard. I got like Darren Fox. I got like Malik Monk to a lesser degree, but still a very, very punchy guard. Um, these guys are going to dust wings at the point of attack. It's very hard to stick with them. And only the very, very best wings in the NBA can help out in that regard defensively. A guy like OG Ananobi, of course, Pascal Siakam for a couple possessions at a time. But for the most part, they don't have the, they just won't be able to guard those guys at the point of attack. And this is showing up game in and game out. Fred, it's the point of attack defense has been worse this season than it has been in a long time. The help defense, still really good. He's still very effective as a helper, makes good decisions, makes good reads. Sure, his arms aren't as long. He's not as quick because of the lack of length out to the three-point line for contests and closeouts and stuff like that. But as far as a guy who's digging, rotating, especially in the middle of the floor, those hands are as good as ever. It's just the point of attack stuff. He's getting beat a lot. Gary gets beat. Scotty asked to do a lot of stuff at the point of attack. He gets beat a lot. <sighs> like even Juancho Hernan Gomez, right? He, he's asked to do a lot of the point of attack when he plays. There were some positions that I liked actually where he did a decent job, but there's still a lot of help coming over. Um, but this team, they don't have the players, it doesn't seem, to not switch right now. Like, how do you how do you combat this? when you know guys are going to get beat with dribble penetration, what is the response? Do you just throw your hands up and say, we have to rotate from everywhere on the court? Do you expect drop to work? What what are you doing at the point of attack that doesn't allow a bunch of advantages around it? And the Raptors have to figure that out. Not just the players, the coaches, everybody has to get in a room, try and figure it out, and then they have to take it out in a game plan and make it work against these teams for longer than one quarter. And that's the big thing in this game, kind of on a tangent. But Sacramento figured out pretty quickly that, okay, Sabonis isn't really, really the hub for the initial set. He he can be the hub on the secondary stuff where the Raptors are already in motion. He can make quick decisions while he's in motion. And we can we can find like that second possession 
or that second touch in the possession with him. But we're going to see if we can dust guys at the point of attack first. And Sabonis can be included as a short roller, a screener, all this kind of stuff in those actions first. And that was a big, big problem for the Raptors. And that's why, you know, it's 36 points in the second quarter, 29 in the third quarter, 36 in the fourth quarter for the Kings as they beat the Raptors. And and the Raptors, to their credit, had finally a good half-court game. Yeah, they did. They played well in the half court, mostly because Fred Van Vliet was, you know, it's not often you get 39 points out of Fred Van Vliet. It's, this is probably a singular performance in his career that he had nearly 40 points, only making two threes. That's not something that's going to happen very often. Also, Scotty, 10 of 16 from the floor, really great intermediate reads, really great reads as a connective guy, really great reads when he's the decision maker on a possession, and then 27 points dipping in. It just making a ton of shots on the interior, hit a couple catch and shoot threes too, and my, my my god, they they dominated on the inside to some degree. They didn't turn the ball over very much. I think they had eight less turnovers in this game. That's a differential. But on the other side too, they didn't defensive rebound very well. This is this is kind of the problem with losing OG. One of the one of the problems that maybe isn't talked about as often is that OG helps out that rebounding a lot. He gives you surplus size, box out ability, contested rebound percentage. Just he'll go and help a lot against the guy like Sabonis. He'll do early work in a possession. He'll come, you know, crack him uh, when he's kind of leaving another guy if he can. That's what Wancho was trying to do a lot of in this game, but wasn't uber successful and also uh, got burned a couple times where Wancho left early off of a guy, didn't get to the box out in time, even though it's not really his check. But the ball goes out again, and the guy he left so he could help rebound is the guy who's now open for three. Malik Monk, for example. Three goes in. Terrence Davis, the damn guy in corner threes in this game. He went five or 12. The Raptors just got bludgeoned. And if you can't stop a guy at the, <laughs> if you can't stop a guy at the point of attack, you are failing, failing the very first fundamental thing in basketball. Stop the guy who's dribbling. It is, it is a very big deal that they can't do that. It's a very big deal that they can't shoot on the other side either. So this is this is the problem with Orlando. This is the problem with like Cole Anthony having six assists against the Raptors in that second game. 14 points. Cole Anthony is not a guy who dusts guys at the point of attack. He's not a guy who gets paint touches and turns defenses and creates a whole bunch. He's a guy who's reliant on his pull-up jumper because he can't beat guys everywhere on the floor. He has to do it with his jumper. With the Raptors, he was getting to spots. And that was much worse in a game where De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk are in play. And they didn't even have Kevin Herter in this game. You know, Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes, some nice slashing moments. But Fox and Sabonis, like Sabonis had 20 rebounds. <sighs> the Raptors did not have, this is something that happened. Now, this isn't the Tampa season, but this is something that happened early on in the Tampa season was that it became confusing how many different things could happen for the Raptors to lose a game. Because when a team is good, they have that type of momentum, they have that connective tissue. They figure out how to win. And the Raptors in this game, despite a lot of things going right, they just needed a little bit more from Pascal, perhaps. 
They needed a little bit more from the team rebounding, perhaps. They need a little bit better point of attack. If they had a little more of anything, losing by one in this game, they would have won. And that was the case against Orlando as well. Game one against Orlando. A little bit more from anybody out of Pascal, outside of Pascal, they win. They are collecting games this season where they just needed a little bit more. And the little bit more can look different every single game. Like it's not the same guys failing game in and game out. That much is clear. Like Gary Trent Jr. has been fantastic tonight. So, so a couple nice reads, you know, a couple good decisions, attacking closeouts, but 11 points, one rebound, one assist, only 24 minutes played in this one. And that's largely due to the point of attack. So the Raptors, they went big. They played the longer guys who were more effective in help and stuff like that. And it still didn't matter that much because those guys were still getting beaten passing lanes. The ball was still going out to the corners. Mike Brown said prior to the game, we're going to turn the ball over. We need to not care and play our game. Like, the Raptors just can't be losing games in so many different ways. They lose games when the half-court offense is bad. They lose games when the half-court offense is good. They lose games when they rebound the hell out of the ball. They lose games when they don't rebound the hell. Like, it's just, a, you see good teams win in spite of things and with things. And the Raptors are losing <laughs> with things. All the time. It's just, you have to be able to win games. And yes, it's of note that Orlando has won four in a row now. That team, I talked about it. Orlando looks much better than their record. I talked about it in the reaction podcast, and that's true. Orlando is finding something that other teams struggle with. The Raptors definitely did. And they're going to continue being a knuckleball in a lot of teams' schedules. However... The Raptors, it's not a knuckleball when you play them two in a row. The Raptors could not beat Philly two in a row, could not beat Miami two in a row, could not, they can't win these series, but Orlando can beat them two in a row. That's tough. That's not really acceptable. And then you lose to the Kings, and it's like there's different reasons for losing. You can hmm and haw your way around it if you'd like, but they're losing. You can find an excuse every single game. And the Raptors, some of the excuses are compelling. The process can be good in a lot of respects, but the process has to equal outcomes. Good teams get outcomes. And the NBA has more parity than ever. It's more matchup dependent than ever. And there's more, I guess, uh, uh, versatility. Is that what the term would be? Variation. There's more variation in outcomes because of the three-point shot, but the Raptors just, they're running into that same outcome. They need to not run into that outcome. And especially when they come after the game and they say like, well, it's some effort stuff going on. It's consistency. It's like, well, find that effort. Find that consistency. Make it work. If you can't, that's kind of unacceptable because this is a team that was the fifth seed last year, didn't add a whole bunch and doubled down on what they did well as far as what they went for in free agency and in the draft. But at the start of the season, you don't play Precious Achua as much as people thought you would. And you say, Precious isn't doing it for us. You play Coloco. Okay. You Were you expecting Precious to be the starter? Were you expecting Precious to be the guy who makes this work? If so, 
Why not a longer leash? Then were you expecting Boucher, Thad, one of those guys to be the missing pieces? That doesn't make much sense. Were you expecting Coloco to be the missing piece? Your second round draft pick who, when drafted, your coach said, I'm expecting G League time. Were you expecting that? Were you expecting Otto Porter Jr. to swing these minutes into a positive? What, what were you expecting to have this team do? And then the decision-making is kind of incongruent with that. That's what confuses me to some degree. And you're probably getting, you didn't get it tonight, but you're probably getting a better Pascal Siakam than you envisioned. Sure, OG's dealing with a hand injury. He hasn't been shooting the ball well. Fred is shooting the ball much worse than anybody might have expected, although he was fantastic tonight. But what were you expecting to go well with this team? And why isn't it? And if the answer is truly consistent effort, then a little bit of like shame on you guys. You know, if you from the organization top down, doubled down on what you thought worked and you come to the podium and you say, we're not buying in, we're not giving effort, then that is a real shame for every, like for mostly everybody on the roster, coach, players, whatever decision makers at the top end what are we doing here you know um those types of answers should be dissatisfying for a fan because of course how, how could it not be and um it's a little bit dissatisfying to hear as a as a media member not that you know the outcomes change my way of life or anything like that but it's interesting to hear a team continue to say like effort and a team that is supposed to be a buffer against point of attack defense continue to allow in the bottom third of rim attempts and still 30th in corner threes. It's just like one of those has to not be happening. And not not everybody can be Brooke Lopez. Not everybody can stand there. And you don't even need a tag when Brooke is playing drop defense. Like that's how good he is. That's how good the Bucks with their lock and trail are at the point of attack and their dropper, you know, Brooke, sometimes it's Giannis, but not as often they stopped bringing the tag. So they don't, they don't even give up that corner three. Now the Raptors are the inverse. They give up the rim and the corner three, and they're going to say it's effort. Then bring the effort, man. You got to be able to take away something. <sighs> That's, that's the tough aspect of this. The shooting, whatever. They're they're having ahistorical shooting slumps from everybody at the same time and guys with extremely long shooting track records. Fred Van Vliet is now no longer a shooter, but a high-volume driving guard, which goes against everything. You know, like he's been driving the ball a lot lately and finding a decent amount of success, especially this game. But he goes two for eight from three. He misses that final one. It's just like, damn. What What is the consistent through line of this season? Gary has had, you know, peaks and valleys. Currently on a peak, I think. He's been pretty good. Pascal, this last game wasn't good, but he's been he's been like the, the baseline, right? Like he's been fantastic. OG has provided a significant floor defensively and as far as a cutter and a finisher and all that kind of stuff. A little bit of creation, not so great shooting the ball from outside. It's just like, what on earth is consistently good for this team? And why can't this team that returns so many of its guys that has, 
the all-star from last year, the all-NBA player from last year, and a bunch of guys who are supposed to be bought in and giving effort and all that kind of stuff, why can't they find a consistent type of play style, effort, anything like that? The answers don't have to be bad to this stuff. However, there does have to be answers. And in the film, all you can see is a guy getting beat. You can see bad techniques sometimes. You, you can see a lack of effort sometimes. But, but I can't go in the dressing room and ask guys with the truth serum and say, why is this happening? You know, who, what, why isn't the buy-in the same level? Is it truly consistency? Is it truly effort? Are you, or can you tell me, like, our guys have lost a step. We don't know how to get it back. And we can't scheme away from it. What is it? I don't know. Compels me, though. <laughs> Makes no damn sense. Compels me, though. Yeah. Damn, man. I The team confuses me at this point in time. It's tough. I feel that it's tough. <sighs> they need more things to go right. And things continue to go poorly. It's not like the it's not like the Kings are a good defense. The Raptors, they got the shots they wanted to for the most part in this game. They know that. Fred talked about that after the game. I believe Nick mentioned it as well. Um, Scotty had a great game too. Yeah, as he usually does. He says it's just like make the right read, play the right way, that kind of stuff. There's he's not letting a lot out, but they lost this game because they couldn't defend. That is troubling for the Raptors. But at any point in time, this thing can flip around. But until it does, all we're going to be saying is like, when does this thing flip around? Who knows when that happens? Who knows what that looks like? I certainly do not. And I won't pretend to either because the Raptors just aren't doing things that were supposed to be part of their identity. And guys aren't doing things that have years-long track records. You can't account for this stuff. I'm sure they feel the same way when they go under the hood and look at this stuff too. They might be just as confused as I am, and they'll probably be just as pleased as I am if this thing flips around. We will see. Reggie Evans Award. Scotty Barnes. Good hustle out there, young lad. You did your thing. I'm glad he had a bounce-back game. I'm glad he's kind of working his way into uh, the place he wants to be as a player. 27, 7, and 10 is no small feat. Good for him. The top quick reaction comment is from Phil Dude. Yo, super fun time at the game. I can only say this. Scotty's the real deal. He stands out physically, talent-wise, charisma, and mojo, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Of all the players, he literally sticks out. Now, about Fred, he looks actually less slow in real life, but holy smokes, when he goes driving, it looks like Giants have swallowed him. Giants! It looks like a lottery shot sometimes when he goes for the layup, but hey, he's the PG looking for a foul. One last comment. I think the boys love the TOL applause too much, but that's super subjective. Overall, great time. Phil, dude. Uh, thanks for the insights, man. I'm glad you enjoyed the game. I hope everyone who gets to go to Raptors games, I hope you enjoy the hell out of it. Um, as a guy who I didn't get to go to a Raptors game till I was like 21, and to finally experience that was so cool. And, you know, I got to go with friends, and it was a great time, and pretty good seats. And I just hope people who like this team, who support this team, are the ones who get to be in the stands, are the ones who get to, you know, 
yell their support for the team. And uh, Phil, I've seen you on Raptors Republic, man. I know you're a big fan of the team, so I'm glad you got to go to a game. Anybody who's listening to this, I, I hope you get to go to a lot of games. I hope you get to see the team that you you so enjoy. And uh, yeah, so shout out to everybody who likes the team. I hope you get to enjoy the team. Uh, I've been Samson Folk. Thanks for tuning in to this Raptors Reaction podcast. Like a rant almost from me in this one. But anyway, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.